0: Welcome to another episode of the Me and My Friends podcast featuring myself, Mike Phillips, and today I have a guest, Jared Bramson, from the Port Townsend, Washington band Solvents. I have just spent the past week living here in Port Townsend again for the first time in a decade or so, living out in a yurt in the woods and amongst bugs. And one morning I woke up and there was even mouse shit near my face, and it was quite magical. Everything about this trip up here has been Pretty magical. Uh, Birds everywhere I walk. Quiet, breezes, no hustle, bustle, nothing. It's just been a beautiful, wonderful experience. And today, my guest is Jared Bramson. He is one of my friends, I'll call him that, but as we'll explore in the podcast, I haven't actually ever really hung out with him outside, uh, running into him at a bar, or a party, or a show somewhere, or seeing his band perform live. And by the time that everybody hears this podcast, his new album will be out. And we're going to listen to a track from that. And we're going to listen to probably a track from an earlier album, and we're just going to really dig in and see what the hell his band and his life is all about. So, uh, Jared, welcome. How you doing, man? Hey, pretty good. Thank you for being on this podcast. It is, um, it's my baby. It's a new thing that I'm doing. And um, I've just found that it's kind of a fun way to connect with people and learn about their lives. I mean, kind of like, you know, how NPR is interesting. Um, when they really dive into, you know, people, sure. yeah. that's kind of what I'm doing here. Cool. Um, and so I am, um, a fan of your band. I like your band. The, the last album, um, that came out, there was a song on it called, um, shit now because I'm, a, I put myself on the spot. I forgot. Are you going to wait for love? To yeah, live? that's the one. Yeah. I, I love that song. <laughs> See the, the thing that I had when I heard that song was yeah. one of those moments, like, Holy shit. These guys are real. These are like the real deal right here. That song is the one that hit me. And, um, I'm curious, did you find that that song was, uh, had that effect on other people or? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I've, I've gotten a lot of comments of comments. I mean, (laughs) is that so internet? Um, (laughs) I guess feedback or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, a, a, a lot of people have told me that they've felt a good connection to that as far as lyrically just relating and and it being kind of you know a real song with you know a verse chord chorus bridge type thing that sort of wraps it all up which um sometimes I'm not really known for being able to write a good bridge but I feel like that's one of my better bridges and 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 i really like the song for it so yeah definitely had people um feel that one for sure Mm -hmm.
2: yeah
0: and i've been seeing you performing music around port townsend for years Mm -hmm. um i mean uh, going way back to when i was probably a a young teenager at the boiler room yeah um i'm wondering if you can walk the
1: audience uh through your career um Oh man, I mean, I'm turning 40 this year in December. So I've been consistently playing, you know, since I was 16. I've been in a bunch of bands. I've drummed, I've played bass. Um, as far as solvents, I want to say, um, it really started in like 2002, maybe 2001. And this is before Emily. Emily's my, uh, violin player and wife now but um solvents existed um in a different form with uh actually this guy jest commons as the drummer and a good friend of mine scott summers as a bassist. we were kind of a uh, well not kind of we were a three-piece sort of power trio you know doing a lot of boiler room gigs and and um and just you know working on the craft and getting it together i guess and um I think Emily got in there 2003, 2004 and, uh, Were you guys married yet? No, we didn't get married till our anniversary is actually, it's going to be four years this summer. So, but we've been together for a long time since probably like 2004. Um, and she started playing with me around that same time. Yeah. And we, we, uh, have, you know, been acoustic and been a band and a lot of, uh, I mean, the vast majority, honest, honestly, of <laughs> port Townsend and drummers and bass players have, you know, done some time with us. So, yeah, that's kind of the kind of I, I guess that's kind of the the history, a little bit in a nutshell. You mm-hmm. know, and how many albums have you guys put out at this point? <clears throat> um, I I want to say like there's a few that I don't really count, but I guess I should, and I think this is probably like the ninth or tenth. Okay. Yeah, the the new one, Modern Dystopia, that's about to come out. Should be around number ten. I mean, as far as like official or whatever, but there's stuff, you know, here and there before that, and yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's remarkable. Ten albums. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and what album ha- would you say has had the most critical acclaim
1: so far? Well, I think "Forgive Your Blood" was probably our, definitely our most like. Um, critically acclaimed and like just sort of universally I mean not like <laughs> throughout the universe but you know just people being like into it and you know yeah which was like 2010 I think. Yeah,
0: yeah. and you've had some uh, great reviews from uh, reputable uh, music uh, writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Most recently I saw something from KEXP, which is, uh, I consider them to be kind of a regional music sure. authority. Absolutely. Um, what other places have you had reviews? Of?
1: Um, some of our, you know, like a, a big one for me was we got a really nice review in the big takeover, which is sort of, um, when I was a kid, like getting into punk rock that, I mean, that magazine has been around for like, I think like almost 30 years now, but, um, that was sort of, uh, a, a, a window for me into the stuff that I was getting into as a kid. So big takeover was a, was huge to be in there for me. Cause it was, you know, it in, influenced me. Like I can't even tell you, you know, I, I would read every, every word of it every time I could get my hands on it to, to learn about what oh, know, wow. I wanted to, to, to find, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there, yeah. Other stuff too, but that, that one was kind of like my my favorite <laughs> that's that's really cool that yeah. um to to
0: see you know to have a, a publication like that that you admire and um you know have them actually write about you yeah my uh, my personal thing it, kind of in that realm is i always fantasized about being on uh saturday night live mm-hmm. uh, i don't think that's ever going to happen but never know um you know that was that was kind of the fantasy there for a sure. while yeah <laughs> um and so uh So when you guys were kind of, um, getting going with the solvents, you said it was around 2003,
1: 2004. I think so. I think that's when I kind of, well, you know, when I, when I got with Emily, we sort of, we, we sort of tried to do like a country band. Mm -hmm. I was really into like, got really into like uncle Tupelo Mm. and Graham Parsons was like a major, major thing for me. It, It all sort of happened at once. And so I wanted to do a country band and, uh, Emily, you know, plays a great fiddle. And I thought, well, you know, if she's going to play, then we have to be a country, that was country band. Cause you can't just, you, you know, if you have a fiddle player, like country band or a folk band or whatever. So we tried to do that pretty briefly, tried to write country songs. Um, didn't, <laughs> didn't pan out very yeah. well. But, um, so we kind of stopped, you know, I was kind of like, I knew it wasn't good, you know, It's was like, this, this isn't good. So let's just not like pretend to be something and just write some tunes together and see how it comes out. And, and that was much more, um, fruitful, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, so were there any bands around that time that you were performing with that were kind of like, um, helping you guys get up and coming or perhaps bands that, that you admired that you were kind of operating in the same realm with?
1: Kind of. I mean, we, we, we've kind of always kind of been on our own. It seems like, I mean, there's always been like Port Townsend stuff that, you know, I've always looked up to. I mean, I, I love you, music and mm-hmm. always been inspired by him. And, yeah. and, um, you know, it's hard to remember at that point, but we really got, you know, like I really connected with, uh, like Kimia Dawson and, oh, yeah. um, and then I, I got really into like Carl Blau from Anacortes, Washington and, and this band Lake from, uh, they're kind of Olympia would be Island band, you know, just sort of stuff like that. That was like low key and, 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 um, it seemed like, you know, Oh, this is sort of like what we're doing and, you know, we can kind of hang out with these people and, you know, have shows and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and that was, that was kind of the, the, uh, the idea, I guess. Yeah. And
0: that kind of ties into why I think you're kind of an interesting person to talk to about your music career, because um, you are, you're making a go of it in Port Townsend, which is incredibly hard, I think, because we're, I mean, this town's out in the middle of nowhere. And to get to the nearest big city, Seattle, is a pain in the ass. It takes hours. Very hard. Yeah. Very hard. Yeah. And um, and so I'm just kind of curious to learn a little bit more about why you decided to um, with all given all your musical talents to kind of hold down here and and make it work um, from here. Do you have any kind of
1: philosophy behind why you do what you do? Um, well, I love Port Townsend very deeply. Another thing is that I'm raising my kids here. Mm. So that's always been a big factor as to why we're here. Um, when Forgive Your Blood came out and we were getting some good press and KXP and blah, blah, blah. We we, um, we we had a go at like trying to book, you know, a couple shows a month in Seattle and commute that. And it was really hard. It was really hard. I mean, it's two ferries. You know, I mean, it's not like, you know, you go to Seattle and you blow a show. It's not like you got to drive home to Ballard. You're driving home to Port Townsend and it's miserable, you know, Um, and you're paying for it all and and all that. So so I guess, um, yeah, it's hard to get places from here, as you were saying, but I like being here and I can afford to be here. Which makes it easier to make the music because I don't have to be too like stressed out about paying rent, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, it can kind of, it's pretty easy living, honestly, if you really want to get down to it, you know, and that helps with being creative for me personally. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Cause a
0: lot of, uh, perhaps younger musicians, um, they often seem to have an approach and I've been guilty of this myself in the past of, um, taking a project and then trying to like make it quote unquote and, right. you know, doing whatever you need to do to kind of take it to that next level. and you know, honestly, that pursuit can be quite vapid. And, um, you know, it just kind of, you have to throw a lot of your values by the wayside. Yeah. Um, so to me, from what you're saying, it doesn't seem like you
1: have that kind of perspective with your
0: art and your music.
1: Not really. I mean, uh, of course I would love to like, make it, but I mean like, (laughs) you know, making it to me would be like, playing at Sasquatch or something, you know what I mean? I'm not like delusional. I'm, you know, close to 40. I understand, you know, I I'm, I'm really more into the, the body of work, I guess. Like, that's really what I'm interested in is, um, keeping being creative. Um, obviously it's not a big money-making situation and I'm well aware of that. So, which is kind of nice to really not have that pressure and to just be able to make whatever I want and not feel like I have to, Oh, I need to be this certain way to get this thing out of this. I don't really have that hanging over me, I guess, Mm -hmm. which, um, I know that that sorry <laughs> <laughs> we can edit that out later i probably won't but we can do it if we wanted to <laughs> i know that that is a, um is kind of a gift honestly like yeah. I'm, I'm i'm pretty aware of like that that freedom is is uh um i'm pretty lucky to have it you know and and yeah. have the support of this town you know people are like keep you know keep doing it like we we love it you know like keep going. And, and that's, that's huge to me, you know, that's very huge. And, and I, and I appreciate it and I thrive off of it.
0: Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so while we're on the subject of making
0: it, I'm going to play a song that I think, you know, should put you in that category of making it. Cause I think it's so brilliant. It's off your album, ghetto moon, and it's called, are you going to wait for love to leave?
3: that you've wasted away But are you gonna wait for love to leave? You're tired of life You're hunting for a halo in the devil's dawn But the dusk won't let you go You're living out your woes I can't imagine the days That you've wasted away tired of life and living on your knees and i don't know why you don't want to try try yeah said are you gonna wait for love to live don't tell me that you want The blame But are you gonna wait for love to live You're tired
0: Cool. So that was, are you going to wait for love to leave off the album ghetto moon? And what I think is really cool about the, uh, what you're saying earlier in that you've done 10 albums is that, um, it, in my mind, it kind of puts you in the category of a couple of other prolific Northwest, uh, singer songwriter artists. Um, mostly I, I'm thinking about Damien Gerardo, who I don't know how many albums that guys put out, but he's putting one out every other day. It seems like, and, I, what's remarkable to me is that they just keep getting better. Um, it, when I was in high school, he had a song called Yuma, Arizona that mm, right. um, going back to it now, it, it's just poorly recorded and mm-hmm. there's like this weird French horn that doesn't really make sense, but it like also kind of makes the song. Um, and so to me, it's really interesting to see how he's evolved throughout the the process of recording all those albums like he started out some guy in a shed and now he's like making real stuff and Mm -hmm. he's partnering with um david bazan and um the two of those guys have they created a lot of really great music actually right around the time that you were getting going right in the early 2000s but um so yeah i don't know you know how i can tie that comment (laughs) into what we just listened to but um when, when we turned the mics off a moment ago, you're telling me that you recorded that in a day and a half in a shed. Yeah. And that is insane to me. So I'm wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about that process.
1: Um, at that point we had all these songs and we were kind of working on them with a the full band thing. And we tried to go record at my friend, uh, Pete Lack's studio, Cartwheel studios here in Port Townsend. And it just wasn't, wasn't good it just wasn't coming together so we decided to scrap the band and uh head over to our friend's house in anacortes carl balau and record in his shed and we busted all the tunes out in a day because it just i don't know it seemed (coughs) like the right thing to do and i think it was Mm -hmm. yeah
0: That must be a pretty crazy experience to be in a recording studio with everything set up and to just pull the plug. I can't even imagine doing that.
1: Yeah, we actually put kind of a lot of work in um, and I just wasn't happy with it. It, it, Like the songs were, it was just weird. It was like, I mean, I love rock. I love rock. I I love rock. And um, the tunes were... I mean, essentially we recorded that same album with the band, mm-hmm. almost got it done and it wasn't very good. And that's, it was too rock. I mean, I, I don't want to put it that way, but it was just, it wasn't working with the, the songs, you know? So we scrapped it and I think he still has it. I actually talked about going back and like listening to some stuff and maybe pulling a couple things, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's, um, it just wasn't, it was, just, it was really, I don't know, kind of sterile and, mm-hmm. um, not working with the songs, I guess. Yeah. yeah
0: I, I can't, th- that's just so gutsy to me. Cause I, I've also had recording experience before and, yeah. you know, I gotta be honest, I don't really like recording because, um, I, I've, I've just always struggled with it. You have to like, keep trying to play the same track over and over again and anytime you screw up a little bit you have to do it again right and um i yeah it just kind of slaughters my self-esteem and then by the end of you know a day i am <laughs> yeah. like why am i even doing this yeah. like i should just be out in a field digging a hole or yeah. something yeah, yeah yeah and and so for me to hear you say that you had recorded most of an album and yeah. then you pulled the plug on it i mean yeah. that's
1: wild It was kind of weird. And, um, did it go over well or did you guys have a kerfuffle? Um, it was weird. It was really weird. Like people were pretty let down, honestly, people involved. Um, and we just were like, we've got these songs, you know, and, and, you know, again, our, our friend Carl, I mean, he just, he has such a good vibe. We just thought, and we could just go over there and like bust it out, you know, out of Port Townsend, like go hang out, do it to, you know, we did it in mono. It was very, you know, like, very, like, we're just going to like throw up some mics and blah, blah, blah. And that's what we needed at that time as a band, I think just to be like, and just to be with, you know, me and Emily, just the two of us together and, and not, you know, um, have the pressure of like, dealing with other people, I guess. So would
0: you say that album kind of changed your sound then and made you just kind of focus on the two of you? Yeah, Uh, absolutely. I mean, that
1: was sort of the idea. It was like, we wanted to like, just get back to her and I, you know, and not be concerned with, you know, anything else I guess yeah.
0: yeah okay that's kind of a remarkable turning point then because then you go and you record this in a day and a half and it's yeah there are some brilliant songs on there um we listen to one already but um the other thing that I like about it um and this is just a complete personal preference sure. like nobody else in the world will probably find this to be exciting but um You know, when you listen to your favorite British act, uh, you know, whoever they may be, they often will write songs about things they know, places they go, things they do. And, um, and you guys have a song on that album about Blaine street and and I'm like, I know Blaine street intimately. Well, I used to live, you know, one block off of that. Yeah. And so for me personally, that was kind of a fun thing to have an album that I thought was incredibly solid. And then to have things that I could personally relate to. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love that song too. It came out really well. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, the, the new album that you have is called, um, modern dystopia. Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about that one? Um, again, it was just sort of a, if I, yeah,
1: sorry. I was going <laughs> to ask, is this a concept album? Um, not really. I, I mean, it could be, can Kind of, I guess, because you have
0: a song for a right-wing Christian homophobe. That's the opening cut, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and um, it's it's political and, and personal, I guess. You know, I mean, right-wing is kind of like, I mean, I mean, if you want to get down to it, um, I was raised in a in a in a Christian environment, which was very. Um, loving accepting um tolerant and and honestly good for me you know i mean I, I feel and um that song i don't know it kind of was like as a kid uh, you know i guess i'm <laughs> getting getting confused here but um i was like the the hypocrisy of of people being anti-homosexual was really apparent to me from a young age. And I really didn't like it. And it was, it was really confusing to me because I, again, I was raised in this loving manner that was, you know, and it wasn't really real, you know, and it, it kind of fucked me up honestly. Yeah. Cause I, because I knew that, well, you know, my parents told me this and this is what Christianity is, but in reality, it's really not that. And I rejected it wholeheartedly pretty young, you know, didn't really, you know, let my parents know that, but I, I was very, I thought it was hypocritical completely and wrong, you know, cause the, the, the jesus that i knew or the jesus that i was taught wouldn't treat anyone in that fashion you know so that's where that song kind of came from um because i wanted to i guess offend the people who have been offending me my whole life i suppose yeah interesting yeah um and
0: so this album it'll be out by the time um listeners hear this podcast it's again it's called Modern Dystopia. Uh did I pronounce that right? Sure. Dystopia. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um and it it's really a departure from your previous album. Yeah, absolutely. And Um, that was,
1: that was a conscious decision to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I
0: was kind of like, uh, I turned it on expecting, you know, what I was familiar with. And then it was like, I got, you know, kicked across the face, Yeah, but in like a rock and roll, like scissor kick kind of way. Yeah. 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 And it was really cool. And, um, and so as I listen to it, this might be kind of obnoxious to you, but I wrote sure. down all of the like different influences that I heard. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so maybe I will um, go down that list and sure. then you can say yay or nay. Sure. <laughs> let's, let's see. Let's see how, uh, let's see how good you are. <laughs> all right. Uh, I got, I got a little uh, Phil Leno uh, from Thin Lizzy. Absolutely. What song? Right winger. Yeah yeah oh that's interesting yeah most people say t-rex okay interesting yeah um i got a little john lennon uh i think the album's called love games is that correct is that a john lennon album mind games. mind games yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. sorry johnny (laughs) um i got that out of drowned oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah okay no that's that's good Um, I, you know, I don't know if this will be offensive. Uh, I got another. Fend away. Okay. So I got another Northwest (laughs) artist out of it. Um, Decemberists. Which one? Um, Aster's
1: Shrub. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, you know. See, that was like a real guided by voices thing to me. (laughs) Okay. I mean, to each his own, you know, Yeah. whatever it's, it's so interesting what people take from, you know. I
0: know. And it's all just like relative. I mean, the, the great thing about music is that I could take one of these songs and be like, Oh my God, it totally relates to this one time where I did this. Right. And And then you're like, well, actually, I wrote that about eating a donut. (laughs) So I don't know why you got that. You need to (laughs) calm down there, buddy. Um, and then, uh, the song medication generation. Yeah. I, it just felt like an eighties, um, soundtrack, like a, uh, like it could have just been the perfect soundtrack to like some sort of like teen film. And I don't, I don't, again, I don't want to offend. No, no, no. That's just what I got. It it was just like that. Yeah. It's weird. Every song kind of impacted me and like, I, I felt, you know, I don't know, some sort of pull to it. That's
1: good. Well, that one was, I was, I was a little bit, um, uh, nervous not nervous but it, it's to me it's very built to spilly. Okay. And which I love that band a lot. And um I just yeah. I was kind of scared that like it it was maybe not maybe ripping it off. I'm not sure honestly. Okay. But I'll have to listen to that again. Definitely like you know um influential for sure. Yeah.
0: And then uh, the song Teenage Zoo, I yeah. got a little Elvis Costello. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That one's very guided by voices to me as well. <laughs> okay. That's like kind of my favorite band. So you know, everything kind of leans to that, I in, guess. In fairness, I haven't really listened
0: to them that much. Yeah. So um, maybe I'll listen to them and then listen to this album again. You should. you would be like, oh, my God, this guy's such a fucking. <laughs> such a, he such stole a hack. everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one, I this is a Port Townsend throwback to mm-hmm. uh, 1998 um one of the songs i don't remember which one reminded me of willow's bones do you remember those guys uh <laughs> <laughs> which one uh i don't know i just wrote it down and then oh i forgot God. to annotate huh. which huh. one I that's it it,
1: that's really good <laughs> yeah and well i mean mike martin he's like totally in very influential guy. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean he kind of influenced. Absolutely. Stuff I was. Into. I remember when, I mean, when I was a kid and he, I mean, before Willis bones, obviously not obviously to people listening, but to you, you know, he was the lead singer of lickety split and oh, um, yeah. they were like a pretty, you know, pretty massive to us as we start when we were learning to play, like we were like, Oh, these guys like kind of yeah. rip, you know, and, like Mike Martin's kind of a, you know nuts front man and they were really fun and you know they were mostly a cover band but they did a few originals and we all sort of like you know uh looked up to them yeah there just were a, because they were actually a real band you know yeah
0: yeah yeah there were a bunch of bands in that era that um i was aware of but you know i honestly i went through this like Herman's Hermits phase in high school <laughs> <laughs> that lasted for, like, four years. And so you had... So good. You had Lickety Splits. You had... I mean, that was a little bit before high school, actually. But uh, you had Willow's Bones. You had um, Circle of Fear was, like, the the band that like, oh, yeah. drew, like, a million people from Massive. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I was I was just a little too naive to uh, yeah. appreciate that kind of stuff.
1: Well, you know, Circle of Fear was really the... They were such a catalyst for, I think, for, I mean, at least people my age or whatever to really kind of like, they were kind of doing, you know, putting shows together basically and like figuring out how to do that, how to make a a sticker, how to make a flyer, you know, they were sort of like the first people who were doing that. And we were all, you know, looking to that as like, okay, they made a sticker, like we have to make a sticker, you (laughs) know, like we got to figure this out or like, you know, and. And, you know, we, my early, early bands, I mean, this is like, I mean, it's a long time ago, 93, 94, you know, I was like, so great to like, you know, play with those guys and they're, they're just, we're all friends and, and they would pack the fairgrounds, you know? Yeah. It was super
0: they really fun. Would. Yeah. 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 I never really knew, right. uh, Len, uh, was his name? Len Enders was yeah. it? Yeah. I never really knew him. He was yeah. just a little too old for me at the yeah. time. Um, but I do remember his influence. I mean, he had a wide influence and who knows who he, you know, impacted Tons. growing yeah, up, yeah. like yeah. any Tons. successful musician out of Port Townsend yeah. probably, yeah. um, looked up to him at one time or another. Um, and then I remember hearing some obscure recording somewhere where he called the heavy metal, metal warrior, um, <laughs> pretending to be Bono and they had like a long conversation and, um, so, you know, the story
1: behind that, no. that, <laughs> that was actually a Bono impersonator. It wasn't oh, Len. Oh, okay. I Len, it was Len. Len moved to San Diego, met this guy who his gig was impersonating Bono. Wow he looked like him too it's crazy <laughs> and how had how'd <laughs> this guy call Ray. Right? yeah yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. He, that guy yeah. must have
0: had a colorful life um yeah. being an accurate bono uh um, he looks he's pretty good i guess <laughs> yeah um but anyways what i really wanted to do is play my favorite song off of modern dystopia sure um is it okay that i play anyone that i like anything you want yeah. okay well i'm gonna surprise you here okay. and this is my favorite song okay Um, anyways, uh, we are just having a laugh amongst ourselves as we are allotted to have such things. Uh, that was the song "Drowned" off the new album "Modern Dystopia" by uh, Is it Solvents or the Solvents or Solvents. a Solvent Solvents? Um, the the uh, band that uh, Jared, um, are you an owner or do you just play with?
1: I don't know. I I am. (laughs) You are. No, I I am. I'm a contributing member.
0: Yeah. Contributing member. And I am sure whoever uh, listened to this podcast today must have thought that was an amazing song. And so when it was um, playing, I was asking Jared a bunch of questions about it. And um, he told me how he recorded the drums for that. And I was just wondering if you'd share that with the audience. So
1: I got this drum machine, (laughs) drum machine app (laughs) on my iPhone and, uh, I was, I put it into my, my 12 track and I've got a pitch control so I can slow things down. And, uh, I just put a beat in, slowed it down and with the pitch control, it sort of makes it deeper sounding. It changes the, the tone of it or whatever. And that was... You know, I, I love that a lot actually for drums, like, like slowing, like playing fast and then slowing down just to get a little bit deeper or whatever. But, um, yeah, I did that, played the piano part, did the vocal and I was like, oh, well, cause I was just going to use it as a, as kind of a scratch track, like a, um, a click track or something. And I was going to take it out and just have it be a piano tune with no beat, but, um, couldn't really get rid of it in the end I was like oh it's just I love it yeah it's perfect it sounds so awesome yeah
0: um and I really encourage everybody listening to check out that album because the whole thing is really interesting and awesome Um, so yeah, thanks again for letting me play some of those tunes and include them in the podcast. Um, I would just like to wrap this, uh, interview up because you had one of the most interesting Facebook threads that I've seen in quite a long time the other day. And I'm just going to read your original post and then read one that I thought was pretty funny after that. Okay. So you said, uh, or maybe you should read it. That might make for good entertainment.
1: Sure. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead and read it. This is my, um, uh, online dad, uh, nervous breakdown post, I guess. So I said, Hey friends, sorry if this is an inappropriate forum for this, but I'm at the end of my rope and I need help. Basically the twins mom bought them tickets to Sasquatch, which is a big festival. I'm sure not. Um, And have given them permission to go without a parent there to supervise. The girls are 16 and I think they are too young. No one will listen to me on this and I basically sound like an asshole when I bring up my concerns. The question, am I crazy for not wanting this to happen? Is it cool and am I just being overprotective? I don't really know what to do. I'm not trying to call anybody out for anything. I just want a conversation and help. All opinions and thoughts are appreciated. And I tagged both of my daughters and their mom, just <laughs> so you know that. Yeah, and yeah. it's hilarious. It's had over 200
0: comments and. Um, just for the record, a couple times there, I, I started typing in a comment, but then I was like, I have no basis commenting on this. I've never, I don't even know how to hold a baby. So I I definitely don't know what to do with a 16 year old, but I've been to these festivals and I've been, you know, a young man and I've seen questionable young men throughout my, um, sure growing up. But so I want to read a comment from somebody who responded. Yeah. Um, and then I'll go from there. Okay. Um, this person, I'll just use their first name. Sure. Heidi. She says, no, too many freaks out there looking for two 16 year old girls who are not from there to do who knows what, which is a freaking valid thing. Right now. If you could tag along, that's another idea. Tell them you are coming and we'll have a check-in point and time with each other. Let them be and hang out and all that goodness. You know, have fun, but uh, be sure you are there and they know this. Yeah. I I won't read the whole thing, but... Um, what I think is absolutely hilarious is that, uh, one of your daughters then commented and that's what makes this thread so awesome is that there's all these adults like debating, like it's like they're trying to write the constitution or something. (laughs) And then every once in a while, a 16 year old comes in with their opinion. And so your daughter says, she says, If you were to read the comments above, you would see that Sasquatch tickets are $350 each. My dad doesn't have an extra $800 (laughs) to get him and Emily there as well as missing two days of work. And my dad is not saying no. He wasn't asking if he should let us go because the decision has been made. We will be attending with our friend uh, who is an adult? That's the situation. And there is no more need to be commenting at all. <laughs> and can I just say that there's been like 800 comments since yeah. then? Yeah. It's just so funny. That's because
1: That's so weird, right? <laughs> it's, it's pretty unprecedented, I think. Like, I don't know. I, I I love Facebook a lot. And I think that um, it can be used in that community kind of way of like, I need help. I I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, and I need I need some advice, you know. And 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 I've seen people do it before, and you know, have great results or maybe not great results. And you never know what you're gonna get. But like, I I you know, it's pretty overwhelming, honestly. Like how many people you know were ready to even give a shit about yeah my you know this situation or whatever. You know, like that in itself is kind of like. You know, and what I think is hilarious is
0: I know some of those people were notorious partiers. Oh, yeah, for them to have opinions, uh, some of them. Um, were along the lines of who they were when they were big time partyers, like right. oh yeah, let them go crash a car and drive off a bridge yeah. and like <laughs> totally. kill three people and, uh, well, and get yeah. pregnant and have yeah, babies. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and some, um, you know, come from a different place because of that similar experience. Mm-hmm. Some people are just completely fear based, imagining all the worst case yeah. scenarios. Yeah. And some people are really practical in that they're just like, okay, well, it sounds like if you don't let them go, your life will be hell yeah. until you know, they get <laughs> out of the house and then yeah. maybe 10 years after that. Yeah. Um, and then maybe going out there and making mistakes and, you know, having bad things happen, you know, as long as they're not life threatening, maybe right. that's character building. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's been really interesting. I think you should make a um, children's book or something <laughs> based on this.
1: It's called "Mama." Should I go to that concert? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's almost like sending your kids to Woodstock or something. Mm-hmm. You know, what I, mean? I mean, I know it's not the same as that, but like that's how it feels to me as a parent. You know, like I'm like, and I've been so back and forth, like, and and honestly, the the you know, I'm so glad I posted it because I've I've gotten a lot of tools as how to approach even having a fucking conversation with them about it, you know, just being like, well, are you prepared for blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, I've, I've gotten a a lot of like great advice and great tools. And I really, you know, it's, it's kind of amazing to, to, to have that, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I take it back. I don't think a children's book would be appropriate, but I think a graphic
1: novel would be so (laughs) awesome. It would be like uh, the best parenting book ever. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I'm still, uh, it's a week away and I'm still like trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. You haven't figured it out yet? Not really. Like I'm, well, I'm kind of like either, I guess I'm kind of like, let him go and set them up with as much knowledge and and stuff you know water you know like really set them up basics or go yeah and just be like basically like you can't go unless i'm going with you yeah that's sort of the two that's what i've narrowed it down to and i'm desperately trying to figure out. Where yeah.
0: Cause it's a four day festival and That's they'll be
1: camping. Yeah. And, uh, and a 16 year old
0: doesn't think to bring stuff like sunscreen. No, they like need a wide brimmed hat. Yeah. Um, uh,
1: five gallons of water at least. I mean, it's not like I'd be sending them to burning man or something, but like, <laughs> right. You know, like, <laughs> Um, but no, they need flashlights. They need mace. Honestly, if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to send them out there, I gotta, I gotta figure out where to get mace. I need to, you know, water, um, how are you going to charge your phone? Like, like, yeah, exactly. That's another big, how many times are you going to call me a day? And you know, I mean, it's, it's, I'm just, I don't know what to do. I almost (laughs) think you should sit down with that. 20
0: year old who's like of course kind of absolutely. and be like look this is all on this you is now. You,
1: their lives are in your hands yeah
0: this is probably not fair for you but yeah. this is the reality Sorry. yeah yeah
1: i'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no that's very much in the cards for sure yeah if i if i don't go and they don't want me to go yeah at all
0: Oh gosh. And the, that's the other funny thing about it. Yeah. Cause it's not like you're the 55 year old dad. No. <laughs> you're like the what? How old are you? I'm almost 40. I'll be yeah, 40. Yeah. You're not even 40. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so you'd be the 39 year old dad. Yeah. And that's cool. And you're in like an awesome band yeah. that like, everybody and, you loves. You know, nothing I do is good enough. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just, it's just the way it is. And, <laughs> and you could be playing at Sasquatch some year. Maybe. Yeah. I think I you wish will. it was this year. God, I'm it would work it. out so perfectly. I I know this it would, would be, be perfect. so perfect. God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, maybe next year. Um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but Anyway, we've already hit the, the end of our podcast and this has been really cool. I mean, it's so cool hearing about, you know, the backstory behind some of these songs I really like. Um, so I really hope that if you come down to Portland again, we could do another interview and get Emily in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'm going to, um, I'm going to lead us out with our, my, our, my multiple personalities. Um, my second favorite song off your okay. new album, modern dystopia. Um, and again, for the listening audience, it's out, it's available now. Go and purchase it as opposed to, um, listening to it from a streaming service. Um, <laughs> today. All right, Jared, thanks again. Thank you, man. That's All fine. right.
3: friends and associates are on the street
2: today But secret skidheads
3: fighting for a place to say Tony Joni's got a lot of things to say about the case I was like, this the best I want to hear the universe Until they told me there's no life here on the earth I've been requested that the telescope be fixed upon the birth for what it's worth. I'm Can we yeah, 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 I don't God, i Jesus Christ For dancing around my head I remember every sound And everything they said Let's fight with heaven they will singing about the end But life depends make and we and on? Enough? Yes, we
2: are live on.
3: I'm hoping out the breeze I'm light. I'm hoping for a charge With nothing in my sight My head's revolving And I'm coming out because are gonna spend the night We'll get it dry.
2: I turn you down We've in down to the ground We're going downtown
3: Don't turn your From time to time to With secret skinheads Fighting for a place to stay The sturdy has Got a lot of to say what a day! And yeah,
2: yes we are.